Here's a fun story about Lolita. <laughs> we were reading it up until about three days before we were thinking about recording and then completely switched gears to Hemingway and yeah. just put it on the back burner forever. Hello and welcome to the Better the Bookshelf podcast, episode 19. In this episode, we are talking about Anna Burns' Milkman. I am Ryan, and with me is my good buddy and fellow host, Jacob. Yes, hello, and welcome to the Better the Bookshelf podcast, our little book club, book cult, book something or other, book click. We're like the yeah. very, we're like the popular girls in high school, uh, except you could be a part of our click if you just read, which yeah. was not a requirement to be in the popular girls, I think, in yeah. high school. If, if my extensive viewings of Mean Girls... Uh, is is enough to qualify my opinion on that? I think so, but sure, sure, entertaining yes. movie. Yes, hello and welcome. Um, it's December. It is December. Does it feel like December? I feel like we've gotten a little bit of mix of both lately. Like I'm, I don't know. Yeah. Like after I, Thanksgiving, you know, you go to the stores and everything's, uh, you know, all the Christmas decorations and stuff are up, and you turn on the radio and like your your oldie stations will sometimes be playing. Uh, Christmas music, I know for us it's uh, K-O-M. I don't know how much you listen to K-O-M. No, nope, never. It's like all Christmas music all the time, and I love it. I love traditional Christmas music, but it's still, I don't know what it is, man. I just, uh, there are certain things mm-hmm. that are like check boxes for me that like require me to, in order to get into kind of that like holiday spirit. I know I okay. came over here. I bring this up mostly because, again, uh, in lieu of our traditional recording time, we're doing this kind of on a, in a you know, on a weekend, on yeah. a morning, and I've noticed you've you've started doing some Christmas decorating. Yeah, no, I, I've started and finished. Started and finished. Yeah. Not so doing are you more. like a decorate, like as soon after Thanksgiving, or are you, I mean, like what's your policy on that? Because I know in my household growing yeah. up, we would always, I would have, I would have kind of like two split sides, and as an adult, I don't know really, and this is super off tangent of yeah, our book no, podcast thing, but whatever. Uh, we got to get a little bit in here. I, I had two sides that kind of differentiated a little bit in that. There was the side of my family that was Thanksgiving's over, packed yeah. everything up, we're decorating. And then there were the people that was like, we would decorate, we would go and get in tree, we would decorate everything the week before the week before Christmas. Yeah. And then it would, all that week, Christmas, the week after, and then everything would be down. So we had okay. two weeks okay. of like actual Christmas decorations. Yeah, so for, for me... It's it's the it doesn't necessarily have to be the day after Thanksgiving, although it was this year, partly, I think, just because my wife wanted a, a break from her parents, like and just something to do. Fair enough. And uh, then I think the other part of like the after Thanksgiving thing is that it is a pain in the ass to like hang ornaments and like put stuff up. And so I want to maximize my enjoyment of decorations. So typically, usually the weekend, at least after Thanksgiving, my stuff goes up. Fair enough, fair enough. See, I think I'm somewhere in the middle, like maybe maybe next week or so. Here here pretty soon I'll probably be looking to put all my Christmas decorations yeah. up. But not to get completely derailed this episode. Hello and welcome. Yes, our first December episode in yes. what I like to call the December to Remember sales event. I know that's uh I think that that's Ford a car thing. Or is that Nissan or something? Well, we're using uh, it. We're hijacking it and using Lexus. it for the podcast. Yes. Maybe Lexus, but yes, this is going to be a fun episode. Um maybe in a non-traditional sense, but Yes. Fun nonetheless. I think we're going to have a good discussion. I think so as well. Uh, the structure is going to be the same as uh, you're accustomed to at this point. We're going to tell you a little bit about Anna Burns, the author, give you a brief summary, and then we're just going to jump into the book. Um, don't know how many questions we have. 
that might be where the structure changes a little bit this week. Yeah. Um, in an homage to Ryan's uh, stylistic critiques uh, in a previous episode, if you go back and listen to our Blood Meridian episode, uh, that was a big portion of that. I think I have something relatively similar for myself and my own experience reading this yeah. book for this episode. We could always just do the Jeopardy thing and phrase all of our answers in uh, the form of questions. Just start off. That's true. Wh- what is... That is true. That is true. That that could work. Maybe, maybe that not. That could get really annoying. And if people didn't listen to the intro in full, uh, just like fast forward to the meat of the episode, that'd get really confusing if we were just like, what is characters have no names? What? That would be very confusing. <laughs> but before we get into it, yes, traditional disclaimer, although this one's going to be especially interesting because you know what? This book actually isn't even actually isn't. I got, I got a little Scottish there. That yeah. Was, that was a terrible accent. Actually, isn't even published in the U.S. yet. Like, nope. fresh off the fresh off the printer. You got the U.K. version for yeah. us ordered. Um, so this is, about as, this is about as new as it gets. We could not to... have picked a newer book. Because this also, the paperback version, was on pre-order when I ordered it from, from overseas, which was like the beginning of November, I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean the book itself in 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 hardback was out in 2018, the paperback in, within the last like month maybe two, and then yeah in the U.S. I think Gray Wolf uh, is going to be the the U.S. publisher. It doesn't come out until next like week. So this one might be a little bit harder for uh, people to get their hands on, but still depending on how you feel about what we talk about this episode, you know you may want to take a look at it here soon. But yeah. obvious disclaimer. Yeah, if you haven't read the book. Uh, you should probably go go buy the book, read the book, read about the book, uh, and uh, and then come back and listen to the episode. Uh, that's just how book clubs work. If you uh, were bringing a bottle of wine over to your neighbor's house to uh, to discuss your latest book club book, you would have read the thing or at least read enough to pretend that you knew what was going on. Yeah. Um, so please do the same. That's how we do things here. Read the book. All right. I want to talk about Anna Burns. Let's do it. All right. Uh, so Anna Burns is Irish. Uh, she was born in 1962 in Northern Ireland in Belfast. Um, she was, unsurprisingly, given the content of this book, uh, born to working class Catholics um, living there. She moved to London in, uh, in 1987. I think I read that she was going to study uh, Russian uh, at the university in London and, uh, and then didn't complete for, for personal reasons. Uh, she currently lives in East Sussex. Um, this is her third book, I believe. Um, she has written a, a somewhat similar one called No Bones, uh, which is also about the the troubles. Um, and that book has been compared to um, Dubliners by James Joyce um, because, uh, and I actually I read segments of that um, the first time I, I was going to go to Ireland uh, because it captures the. Um, the local language um, of of Dublin, uh, so apparently that book you know, does similar justice to to Belfast. Um, a couple kind of interesting tidbits I, I, I read uh, from some of her like interviews and, and some of the book reviews that are coming out. She actually suffers from uh, from a lot of back pain, and it sounds terrible, and, and she doesn't like to talk about it, but uh, to the point where it's like hard for her to sit and write. So it's a little bit of a, a feat. It sounds like that um, that she was able to to complete this book, and it you know certainly uh, certainly was a task for her. Um, the other thing that I found that I thought was interesting was that. Uh, 
her aunt would always uh, stick books in, you know, with her, and and she uh, supposedly had them, you know, with her growing up, whether she was going clubbing or going to school or whatever. Um, and the the sort of portion of this book where middle sister is walking around reading, she actually did that growing up, uh, even though she has said that she is not middle sister. This is not like a completely autobiographical uh, thing for her. Well, sure, yeah, but you do. St- you do kind of feel like a lot of that kind of comes through because of how much it mimics. Well, not directly, but at least from a setting standpoint and a time period standpoint, just kind of where she was yeah. in her own age oh, yeah. at, that, at yeah. that period. So For sure. All right. You got a book summary for <sighs> us? I have a quick and dirty book summary. and it's Milkman is a book not Mil- about Milkman. Milkman is a book about milk and men. Uh, no, Milkman tells the story of an 18-year-old woman in Ireland during the Troubles who is accused of having an affair with a married man known as Milkman. That doesn't really encompass a whole lot, uh, but I feel like the summaries are best left uh, brief and vague. We need we need like whimsical summaries. I, th- I think if... <sighs> we need whimsical books for whimsical summaries. That's true. This is this this is, this is at its core is kind of a dark book. I it mean, is not it really is kind of, but yeah. But it's but it's also a uh, it's it's also sort of a product of of the time it's told, and so I, I think we would we do an injustice to people if we didn't talk a little bit about like what the troubles are and or Absolutely. were. Um, I say are because there there is still uh, a lot of tension in in Northern Ireland when it comes to to this subject matter, but. Not to um, to misstate anything, I'm, I'm going to keep this as general as possible, and just know that the complexities of the conflict are, um, you know, sometimes rooted in in you know neighborhoods and much more like individualistic ideas than sort of these like sweeping summaries that I'm about to give you. But yeah. so in in 1921, um, Northern Ireland was was added to the UK. Um, as you know, part of England, Scotland, Wales, um, and so from that you get this, you get these sort of two groups. You get the the unionists, the loyalists, um, who you know want to be part of the the United Kingdom. Um, they typically are Protestant. The Queen sure. is the head of yeah. the, the Protestant Church, right? Um, and then you have the you know Irish nationalists. Um, most people have probably heard of the the IRA. Uh, those tend to be, you know, uh, more Catholic in in their religion, as as we've seen, you know, in this book, and so really the 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 troubles was a uh, a period of of sort of a low level war between these paramilitary Irish nationalists versus um, the uh, British security forces, um, and you know, all centering around the the you know independence of, of Northern Ireland or or really wanting to be part of the Republic of Ireland which um, is is a majority of, of the actual island itself yeah um, and obviously you have the religious undertones um, tied to that but it really wasn't necessarily like a religious sectarian kind of kind of conflict um, but th- over 3500 people died um, as a result of this 57 percent uh, yeah I think that's can't read my own writing. Fifty-seven or fifty-two percent uh, were civilians. Thirty-two percent um, were UK security forces, which kind of surprised me. And then only sixteen percent uh, were were paramilitary. 
Um, it really kicked off in the late 1960s um, and then shut down in 1998. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but still, even now, you know, I've been to Ireland. I haven't been to Northern Ireland. Uh, I've had some friends go up there, but you know, they're still sort of like you have to be conscientious about. Uh, the potential for conflict and every now and then things do flare up. I think I, I read that they had a car bombing as recently as like 2010, 2011 yeah. uh, killed a police officer. So, I mean, this conflict is not resolved in, in society The there may not be bullets and snipers and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it is, uh, it is very much still a thing. So I just wanted to set that sort of tone before we, we got into everything because yeah, just really I don't think the, the book really Bring the mood down. Yeah, I don't, I, don't us, think, I don't think the book really sets all of that up um, very clearly. I mean, you get you well, get the pieces of it, but you don't get the overview. Right, and I think that's because, and one of the things that we can get into in specific with the book is just sort of the vagueness behind everything. Sure. And what that necessarily does for you and what that necessarily does, I think, like purpose-wise for reading the book and, and having those elements that are in there that are vague, whether it's names or whether it's setting or anything and like revolving around that. But I would be remiss if we went into this book uh, and, and, and actually started talking about the subject matter, if we didn't talk about kind of the elephant in the room, at least for me. Okay. And that is the style okay. that this book was written in. And before I get into that, this is the, this is the first book and, and at least the first book at, immediately after reading it that I've kind of questioned what it is my role is in a sense of digesting this and and, and having a podcast like this. Because at the core of it, when we sort of dreamed up this little idea um, just about a year ago now is when we were kind of thinking about this and putting it into into thought and sort of formulating how we wanted to go about it. At the core of it, it was essentially we want to have sort of a system in place to allow us to kind of get a little bit more – um, accountability with reading and just sort of have that outlet for us to pursue more right. more or, or more interesting things or, or just have that be able to have that like communication and dialogue yep. and not in a traditional book club sense in that we're you know going to a specific meeting place and meeting people and you know having these sorts of things metered out over a month or two at a time because book clubs tend to be a little bit slower paced and they, at least from what I've seen, they tend to kind of break things down in yeah. segments. Like it's like, all right, we'll read, you know, the first like three chapters or something and yeah. we'll, we'll meet this week for that. And ours is more of a sort of a rapid digestion. And I think that's just more to the fact that, um, we're both pretty good at, at, at chewing through books or yeah. at least I've, you know, I've on the fly had to, had to get good at chewing through books <laughs> after, you know, two thirds of a year of doing this. So this was the first book that that really made me stop and think, like, what is my role as far as how do I want to how do I want to think about these books in a in a critical in a critical manner as far as like reviewing them? Because I don't think that this is something where we go out and we say, oh, we'll review a book and right, right. give all our I mean, there there are elements of that because we are kind of reviewing our thoughts on the book and and we're you putting know, it on a shelf. Yeah, what we think. But I think so much of that is more personal and less less academic or less scholarly or less in a sense when you go out and read a review by someone at maybe, you know, they work for the Times, like yeah, New York Times yeah. something and they you have a book review. I I think the scope of how you approach that is they're they're trying to look at it on sort of a 
more abstract level yep. than just an individual reader. For example, yeah. me picking yep. up a book and saying, yeah, I didn't like this because that, that doesn't really give a whole lot of context to anyone outside right. of just what they maybe already know about um, the things that I look for in reading or just sort of how it affects me. And this was the first book that really made me kind of think about that in a little bit um, outside of the Roth book. The Roth book was more after the fact. I realized that I kind of subverted my own expectations there. Sure, it was my own little sure. worst enemy on that. But the biggest issue with this book for me, and not to knock it because I think it's I think it's well written, and I think from a technical standpoint and just from like a linguistic standpoint and just like a mastery of, you know, even with these long, long, long paragraphs and just, you know, from a from a core style standpoint of, you know, your grammar, your, your yep. usage of language, your punctuation, like understandability of things that are happening. Yeah. I think it's there, but I think all of the creative elements that were kind of injected into this writing style to sort of enhance the story that's being told or to sort of do things in an interesting and creative way, mm -hmm. literally none of them work for me. Okay. Every single one of them was kind of a barrier for me, like actually getting into and enjoying the story. And because of it, I didn't really like the book. Okay. And like spoiler alert to, you know, potentially ratings at the end of the, the episode and things are fluid. My mind might change a little bit since then. Yeah. I, I don't know. There was a level, like even just on a baseline of just sort of deconstructing each of the elements, I think that, that, uh, kind of bothered me mm -hmm. and we can do it that way if that if that makes it a little bit easier yeah i think let's let's break it up into digestible bits and, okay and like maybe we can start with with just the overall like structure and 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 just just knock out that bit but before we get into that you know i'll just kind of want to reiterate reiterate your point about like what what it is that i feel like we do on this podcast which you know again is is at its heart and <laughs> something that is, you know, really for you and I, uh, you know, we've we've pushed this out to other people because, you know, we think that there are other people who would enjoy having a conversation about some of these books and, and having some sure. level of accountability to read. Uh, but we are not book reviewers. We, our, our intention is not to necessarily pass judgment on the overall like merit of, of something. Um, typically we're looking at, at, at these things from, you know, our, our own, uh, level of enjoyment or usefulness when it comes to us as, as individuals, whether it's, you know, ideas or me as a writer, um, you know, so we do have a very, uh, biased set of expectations anytime we come into a book and, and sure. that is fine. And that is how I'm going to continue to, to, you know, approach this stuff. Okay, so that said, let's let's talk about the overall structure, the way that that the book is, you know, is set up, you know, chapter wise, length wise. Uh, I, fuck, I wouldn't even want to talk about page margins. Uh, yeah, in in, this, in the version that we read. Yeah. Um. So in doing my little, uh, in doing my best uh, attempt at uh, research as far as like elements of, of literary style. And I'm yeah. sure you have a, a greater depth have books, of understanding. I have books on such a thing. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> you know, this wasn't necessarily my educational background. So I was kind of just like, you know, I just want to see like what elements that, that are typically consistent of this. And, you know, you have things like punctuation and spelling and grammar yep. and all that's just kind of like your fundamental, but then you get to the, like the important things of like your word choice and sort of how you structure sentences and paragraphs. 
and I'm reading all this and I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, like all of the, all of the, the directions we went with this. I mean, word choice was fine, but, uh, let's talk, let's talk paragraph structure. Cause you kind of, you kind of touched on it. Yeah. And I think the paragraph builds into the chapters, which yes. builds into the book and whatnot. It's a very dense read. Um, it's it's not helped out by the fact that it's it's very much in stream of consciousness style, and we've talked about that in yeah. a few of our books. Go back and check out a couple of our episodes previously. Uh, Hundred Years of Solitude is is a similar like movement in the, like sure, it's sure, sure. constant. But uh, to Lighthouse, our yes. most our most recent one in the stream of consciousness style, Sound um, of the Fury, Sound of the Fury is the uh, the other one that comes to mind. But yeah, so you already have this structure of storytelling that's. A little haphazard. That's a little bit um, disjointed. That's a little bit can be repetitive. Can yeah. be, you know, there's a usage in this book, especially of a lot of you know euphemisms and a lot of other things that you don't normally see, I guess, in kind of a top-down narrative storytelling sure. structure. Yep. So you're already kind of battling against that idea of okay, this is going to take a little bit more concentration. This is going to take a little bit more, you know, mental acuity to kind of digest all of this. Yeah. You add that with the fact that, like you said, it's you have, you have very small margins, and it, this may sound nitpicky, nitpicky, but very small margins, very dense paragraphs, and very long chapters. And yeah. it doesn't allow, at least me as a reader, to have moments to take a breath, I guess, like even between things that are moving, you know, as, as, as weird as it is, you can go out and kind of meter out whenever you're reading, or at least this is how I like to do it. Like I like to kind of get into a book for a little bit and then just kind of like pace out how I'm going to read, you know, yeah, over the next period absolutely. of time. And typically that's facilitated by chapters. You know, you read X amount of chapters or X amount of pages, or you have natural points of kind of like movement within your story to, to break it up. And I struggled really, really hard in this and trying to sort of measure out a pace as a reader. And that's like super important to me. Like I want to, as, throughout the course of, you know, reading this, this is not something that I have, you know, a day or two to just like devote entirely to just throwing myself into a books. There are very few books that I've been able to do that. And mostly because of their length, I've been able to do that. Right. So you get into this book and, you know, you already have this denseness of it and you, you know, I, I know I read the first chapter and I read a good deal into the second one before I finally stopped at my first sort of picking up of this book. And I was flipping through and trying to kind of like measure out chapters and things like that. And uh, I find myself like, oh, man, where are these chapters? Where are these chapters? And so I'm flipping towards the back of the book when I realize this is a 350 page book with seven chapters. Yeah, you would sort of expect a, a book of this length to have at least twice as many chapters. Right. Um, and I do think it's important you know, I, th I think visual breaks, I think that, um, you know, mental breaks when it comes to digesting something is is really important. And I, th I think you point out a, a, a important thing that, you know, it is hard to digest anything that doesn't give you opportunities to, to sort of stop and pause. And this book also doesn't really lend itself. I, I don't think it benefits from just the constant churn. I think like yeah. hundred years of solitude does. I think that's, that's one where, where the um, yeah, breaks that are far and few between like it, it, it serves as an active like device to the story and, and like the plot of, of the family. This not so much. I, I, I just, I don't, I don't quite understand the, uh, 
the decision. Matter of fact, as as you were talking, I was just I was flipping through, just kind of visually like scanning um, some of the uh, some of the structures, and I, I just first literally the first page that I went across, I think because I have a deep crease in it for some reason, was on page one forty seven. Uh, she starts she starts a paragraph that uh, at the very top of that page, and it goes one forty seven, one forty eight, one forty nine, one fifty. 151 and then finally breaks at uh, page 152 and that is all one paragraph and I mean I I just don't understand the point to that and um again I I just don't I don't think it helps uh it helps your book I don't think it helps the reader uh, to just have this this constant thing, and I and I don't know exactly what this what this one paragraph was was even about, um, but there structure is so important when it comes to when it comes to writing and presentation, and you know if you're gonna make a novel that is as dense um, and in some ways difficult to approach, I think one of the courtesies that that should have been extended would have been paragraph breaks at, at a higher frequency and chapters that are, you know, much, much more frequent as well. 350 page book, seven chapters. You're thinking, okay, 50, 50 pages each, you know, that's, that's a lot, but it's not insane. Yeah. But we have a few chapters. I mean, we have a nine page chapter to start off the book. We have a, a 28 page chapter in there. And then we have the third chapter, which is about where I like had my most struggles because again, I'm trying to push through. I'm trying to kind of, you know, take this all in, uh, you know, with with the narrative style, with the parameter that they chose for character names and place names. And that was that was something we can get into as well. That was another additional struggle of mine. And then I'm just hit with this 96 page chapter and it just it slows me down so much. I just feel so bogged down trying to get through this book in essentially the middle of it, the part where I'm supposed to be, you know, kind of edging towards, I guess, in my mind when I think of sort of a, a traditional kind of narrative structure. You know, we work towards uh, maybe not a climax, but we work, you know, at least upwardly towards that. And I just felt like it was not really going in any direction. I felt like the 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 length and the density of this of this writing coupled with even just the narrative style from from our character. Like yeah. we get we get stream of consciousness, but in a ways it's very there's a lot of cyclical you know, there's a nature to that where it's, she'll be talking about one thing and then we kind of get off topic and then we kind of circle back around. Yeah. But there were times when I put the book down and I had to go in and I need to spend five minutes just rereading to try to figure out where I had left off because it's like, wow, did I, hold on, this sounds familiar. Did I read this or did I read this? Yeah. There's that re- repetition in there. There's that repetitiveness sometimes of, of the things that she's describing that it, it did. It got frustrating even, even when I was taking breaks where it was, you know, all right, I can't read a 96 page chapter right now. You know, I've only got X amount of time to to sort of take some of this in and I'll pick it back up in the morning and I get up in the morning and I'm having to spend 10 minutes just trying to find where I left off right. because I, you know, I'll mark it, but I'm like, ah, this doesn't sound right. I feel like this or, or I'll read ahead, you know, a couple pages and I'll be like, did I already read this? Did yeah. I, did I take this in? There's not that, I don't know, the, it gets very muddy. Yeah. And it's, it's so hard for me to, to not get frustrated as a reader 
when I'm already having to devote this like level of concentration. And, and again, I'm not saying that you should dumb down writing. I'm not saying that a story has to be told in the simplest, plainest, you know, most easy to digest way. What I'm saying is you don't need this level of, of complexity through all of these devices, whether it's super long chapters, whether it's stream consciousness, whether it's the choice to have these very long, you know, like kind of ambling dialogue uh, paragraphs, whether you choose to, to sort of have this creative vision with how you're going to name the characters or the lack thereof naming the characters. Yeah. It just makes for a frustrating experience that I can't, it's so hard to get past that to actually even enjoy what this book is trying to say. Okay. So one thing I was thinking about as, as we were talking was that I, you know, this, this book is, first of all, the font is, is smaller than books of comparative size. While you were talking, I was also grabbing other things off my shelf and just looking at similar fonts, but, uh, or similar length books, um, or I should say thickness, and looking at their fonts. And this one is, is pretty small. But I, I wondered, so this, is, this goes 348 pages, right? Mm-hmm. I wonder if uh, some of the stylistic decision was to keep this from being like a five to 600 page book. Like, can you imagine if this had traditional paragraph breaks, how much longer this book could, could turn it into being? Sure. I mean, so I would. I just had. Yeah, I just had I that mean, thought. And like you said, I mean, like again, it, it seems weird to be that this is the thing that we're kind of fixated on. But like, even yeah. just like looking at the margins, the margins are smaller than normal. Yep. It does feel like so much of this book has been condensed. You yeah. know, like pressed down to try to fit. A I like certain, that. I like that sound. Yeah. Yeah. That's I w- my. I want to start making that when I'm editing my own things now. Just. just that's you <laughs> sucking all the air out of the bag to try to <laughs> smush it down, you know. It's with excellent the, with everything in there. Yeah, I don't know if there was if there were form factor considerations that were made for this in order to kind of accomplish. And you know, yeah. God knows, I'm not a book publisher, and I'm not part. I'm not an editor. I have, I have no experience in that. I'm just a guy who reads this this sort of stuff. And speaking from that experience, it's just it it. It, it, I felt bad. I walked yeah. in here this morning and I felt bad because it's like, man, this is the first book that, you know, all, all books have had their own, you know, little hurdles here and yeah. there, whether it's, you know, getting to getting to understand the author's kind of voice and getting to sort of, you know, find your footing within the narrative and to sort of get on track and get the wheels rolling and get interested in something that they have to say. And every book has their own, their own issues or their own things that, you know, there's no perfect book that you just are immediately like, Oh, the first word I'm in. And I'm just pouring through this. But of all the books that we've read so far up until this point, this is the only one that I've legitimately I've legitimately thought about just just giving up on like yeah. I hit a brick wall and it's and and even in a sense of not giving up on it in, in reading it I know for a fact that the whole back half of this book was was kind of just I'm just blowing through man yeah it's just it's so hard it, it was so hard for me to to care it was so, so hard for me to just get any sort of attachment to what was going on. I, I had a similar thing, and I think maybe we could we can try to get into to some of the more like you know smaller details. Yeah. About this, but like I had sort of the impression um, that sometimes you read a book, um, and the book starts with sometimes it's the first sentence, the first paragraph, the first you know chapter, 
where you sort of get this like this exposition, this this background, uh, this sort of higher view of of you know whatever's happening. Yeah. And then there's there's sort of a, a movement into you know where you're going into the the main plot of the story. And for me, this book doesn't have that movement until. Uh, in any like big way until very late in in the novel when things start to speed up sure um around like her and and maybe boyfriend uh breaking up and and uh and that whole phone call thing and her mom and uh like the real milkman you know getting shot that's the point where i was sort of first really drawn into any sort of like plot as a as a reader i mean sure you get you get plenty of things like peppered here here and there but it felt so much um, like that was taking a back seat to all of the other random like ex- exposition and, yeah. and and background that were given um, by the narrator, and that was was really hard for me to to reconcile. And so, I, I think we need to talk about uh, we need to talk about the just place in general. We need to talk about um, you know, the community, the gossip. We need to talk about characters, um. But I wondered, you know, before we got into this, because I know that that there's going to be some, uh, you know, potentially negative opinions about some of the choices there too. Was there any point in this book that you you really enjoyed it, or you you sort of got drawn into to something? I had one. I had one thing. <laughs> Again, so I think the only time, and I. Not direct comparisons, but there is some comparison, I guess, in my feelings with this and kind of a hundred years of solitude in in that I appreciated a lot of the elements of the book. I didn't yeah. necessarily like enjoy it in a in a traditional sense of how I enjoy fiction, although I definitely enjoyed that more. I as much as I complain about it, you know, I can applaud and appreciate creative sort of elements of how you go about telling a story. Yeah. And I think that this did that in some ways. And and so I could appreciate that. And I think the one thing that I took from the story that I actually found interesting um, enough to at least think about it after the, after I put the book down, because a lot of times I'd pick the book up and I would read it for however long and I put it down yeah. and it would be out of my mind completely. Yeah. It would be gone. And this is the first book, unfortunately that had really done that for me, but just the idea of this sort of community and how it how it morphs under these like sort of dystopian circumstances and, and yeah. you know gossip was a big sort of driving force behind that and just the backwardness of the backwardness of like how you viewed people or, or, or you know people's education level how how they were viewed more negatively based on you know uh, more traditionally how you kind of elevate people within, you know, your, your society or your groups and how that was a little bit different in this. And Mm -hmm. just, I don't know, like how just that adaptation and that sort of like uncertainty and like, you know, that awareness that you have of your neighbors and these sort of like times of upheaval and, and just that, that scrutiny that exists, that sort of untrustworthiness that you, you get that sort of isolation that that was that was the one that was the one little tidbit in this book that I actually went hmm and spent you know some mental energy outside of just shaking my head in just frustration. Yeah, I you know I, the thing that that I thought that was was really clever was the 
I think the utilization of no names got exhausting, but it was also it was also clever to me because, um, you, I I did I guess I didn't realize um it's kind of one of those things you you know but you didn't don't really like actively think about that yeah. like um that the paramilitaries took down the, all the street signs to confuse um to confuse the british troops and even u2 has has a song uh where the streets have no name right yeah. um and uh so i think that her like utilization of just the like descriptors um instead of actual names sort of I think plays nicely off of off of that. Um, and then I think it also sort of lends itself to like the the overall sort of, you know, neighborhood. Right. So like I, I work from home and, you know, I'm able to see out my window several of my neighbors and, you know, I see people do things throughout the day and, you know, whatever. But I, I, I have no idea like, you know, what their names are. Right. So you yeah. sort of mentally assign like you know, this is such and such person, uh, you know, the guy with the truck down the street or, you know, uh, whatever, whatever. And uh, I, I sort of had this the same impression. And it made me think that um, even as like, you know, sort of tightly knit this community is over, you know, their sort of shared circumstance or ideal, um, there really is no cohesiveness or togetherness when it right. comes to um, you know, them as a, as a community, except in, you know, small ways, the women, you know, go stand outside, uh, with their pets and kids to, to fight curfew. Um, you know, but they're also, you know, fighting over the, the real milkman after he's injured for, for his, his attention. Um, you know, so I, th- I thought that that aspect of, you know, building sort of the, the community through these smaller details, um, like the names was was actually pretty pretty ingenious, but I also found the no name thing to be endlessly exhausting, especially when it came to her own family. No, I abs- could not keep her older sister straight. No, absolutely. I, from a creative standpoint, and just from a trying to tie in something to do that sort of gets across the idea. Like the the thing that I got from it was. When you have these names that are more so descriptors, it's it's less about that person and more about just kind of the utilitarian idea of like what they are or what they represent. Yeah. So that you kind of can have things segmented out, you know, within these communities like, oh, well, you know, this person represents this, this person represents that, and this person is this. I, you know, their names are less important than sort of their standing or their stature within this this environment situation. Awesome. I like that idea. I yeah. like translating to that in practice of reading the book, though. It was cool. It was creative. It was interesting. At first, you go, "Oh, okay, this is interesting," and then it got exhausting, and then it got downright aggravating. When I'm just like <laughs> trying to read the book, and it's just, it's just this constant, just like, "Oh my god, I don't need to." If I have to read about somebody, make somebody again, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna lose it, man. It, he was the one. He was the one that I actually appreciated more than anybody else. I, I know. It's just, it's so. Because it was it was humorous to me. It was, and you know that's kind of an underrated element in this book too. Is just the like little snippets of kind of yeah, that, like dry and dark British humor. Oh man, but yeah, the names so much to me were just the novelty of them wear off really really quickly. The yeah. novelty of this idea it wore off really quickly, and again that harkens back to the the style choices for this book that I think hold it back from being something that I'm actually going to ever enjoy something yeah. like this it's 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 
you know, I'm sure there are people out there, and not to knock on them. I mean, people people read for for a variety of reasons, and you know, some people I'm sure enjoy fiction because of of stylistic choices, because of literary elements that are in there, because of a more technical approach to to reading and to digesting this type of writing. That's just not who I am. So I struggle to I struggle to sort of get attached and care about things when I have this this barrier that I don't feel is like a challenge. Cause you know, I, I think it's good to be challenged in reading, but I think it's more so be challenged with ideas or be challenged yeah. with, you know, narrative events that maybe run kind of counterintuitive to what you're comfortable experiencing or comfortable seeing or hearing or, or things that sort of challenge, you know, beliefs that maybe you hold. Like those are the things that I was like, okay, these yeah. are the challenges that I want to face. I get nothing at all from challenges from a technical standpoint. And I understand people more, yeah. I guess, involved in the field or people that are more accustomed to like doing these sorts of things or, or digesting this, you know, that might be, that might have the same response for them where it's like, yeah, I find this like language and, and I find this technique that you use in this, I find all this challenging. And, and so it kind of excites me to, to get through this, but me, Jacob, as yeah. a reader, I don't, it, it, that doesn't nothing for me. Well, I think that, uh, I think that, you know, the, the name thing is, is interesting, um, because, um, you know, I, I get using it on the community at large, right. But then to use it within your own family, um, yeah. I, I think is, is problematic. And I, I think what the way that she had intended to do it was to show middle sister's disconnection from from everybody and everything that was that was going on around her and you know I I think again when you look at at sort of the the creative decisions that she used and you sort of tie back to 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 the character and stuff it is it is really clever um and you know to your point I think a, a a certain type of people who who read this book say maybe a bunch of uh, literary uh, buffs who hand out an award every year uh, for what they think is the most important uh, book according to their their society. Uh, they might read this book as something that's you know extremely important and uh, and th- and that's always kind of been my my gripe sometimes with like the the literary community, you know whether it's uh, uh, sometimes certainly sometimes publishers. Uh, although they have they have different uh, objectives, but um, you know journals, awards. I mean, hell, you, we we talk about it in movies sometimes, right? Uh, people people get uh, awards for movies that you've never heard of before, and you know they, they, there is some sort of uh, self congratulatory element to this. And I, I do think that Anna deserves to be rewarded for some of the decisions that she makes. But when you know you sort of look at the the larger society um and and people who read books outside of you know academia or sort of that literary world um this book is is difficult and not necessarily in a good way that you know that your average person is going to walk away thinking you know like not not to call you average because you're one of the most intelligent people i know but you know you you read for for a certain reason um and you know that isn't gonna that isn't gonna sync with you. Me, even with my background, it didn't it didn't it didn't sync up with me. I can appreciate some of her decisions, probably a little bit different way than than you can, but I still walked away with very much the same impression of of these choices. Yeah. Um. So let's let's talk a little bit about the 
about the gossip piece because that's okay. that is that is the main driver of this of this whole plot, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, what did what did you think about her? Dis- I have a question. Wow. Oh, wow. This is the first question of the episode. Okay. Uh, what did you think about middle sister's decisions at multiple points not to just like sit her mom or uh, maybe boyfriend down and just tell them everything like this. She had the perspective at the time of what was happening with Milkman and to say like, no, the people are perpetuating this thing. That's just not true. This, these are the things that happened. This is how I felt about them. This is what I've done to avoid them. Like what, what did you think about her decisions? And, you know, I'm assuming you would have done something differently. I would. Well, sure. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it all comes back to, like you touched on earlier, we're talking a little bit about kind of like her as a character and, and even with the naming principle, this like detachment. Yeah. And you see it a lot with just sort of her, her actions and, you know, with walking around in public and she's buried in sort of Victorian era literature all the Mm -hmm. time and just doing these things that in her mind are seemingly nonchalant or sort of separate or just kind of like minding her own business and not really, you know, getting in the thick of things. And yeah, I think a lot of the, the reason why she's a little bit more, a little bit more reserved and just kind of like being forthright and and telling everyone, no, this is, this is what's happening. And this is just gossip is that desire to kind of be detached from it. That desire to just be sort of like, I don't want, I don't want people to pay attention to me in the situation. I just kind of want to be left alone. And in kind of acting in that way and being detached from that situation, it puts a target on her because you, you sort of create this, Oh, you know, in the minds of others, like, well, what is she up to? What is this? Oh, why is, you know, Milkman going to see her? You know, it's, she kind of perpetuates that by, by having that degree of detachment from it. And yeah, no, I mean like on a, in a personal way, if, if there's gossip being spread and there's rumors, you know, a lot of times it, it makes sense to just go like, no, that's stupid. Here's what's happening. But at the same time, people, man, people think what they're going to think. And so I can see some of it too, where it's like, I'm just not even going to, the approach might be, I'm just not even going to validate these. I'm just going to ignore them and hope that in doing so people interpret this as, as, as it being not true because I'm not even giving credence to that. I don't know. What's your approach? What would your approach be? I know you, you kind of spoiled it and said like, no, I would just tell it out, but can you at least see it from that other side with that too? Yeah. I'm, but Information is 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 power in this environment, sure. right? Like, and you know, yeah, by by coming out and against a, a paramilitary, maybe you know she's she puts herself in in some sort of jeopardy, um, you know, because even she acknowledges that you know nothing really happened, and right. there is you know it is a different time and place where you know today. We would certainly, I think, assess some of his actions as inappropriate or or harassment. Well, yeah, the, and the one thing I didn't mention, a lot of it comes down to the yeah that power dynamic too. Right. If it's just some random person, the the repercussions of kind of having some backlash against that versus yeah. kind of like, well, it's not so much my image in the situation; it's it's in who you're dealing with and kind of the power structure in the situation in this little microcosm, and right. that you don't want to do anything that's going to put you in the crosshairs. It's, you know, that's going to put you in the crosshairs of someone even more in an influential situation or, or put you in kind of 
bad graces because Milkman seemed fine with things just sort of propagating how they were, you know, right? In, in allowing right. that to happen, even though it wasn't necessarily the case. But yeah, I just I thought it's it's so interesting not to not to be in a place where you couldn't have just come clean with your mother. Clearly, she's you know connected to you know her her friends and the community. Yeah. Um, you know, she is on some level, you know, an influencer, you would think that she would be able to, to sort of clear up, you know, that issue. And, you know, you would think that she would even want her mom to know the truth, right? I mean, her mom is very clearly disgusted with, you know, the idea that, that she's running around with, uh, with a paramilitary who is married. Um, and, uh, you, I, at least I would want to correct the record on on some of that, and she just immediately sort of caved to the futility of you know like well she's not going to listen she's going to go off on you know one of her her tangents or whatever. So yeah. I, I I thought that was that was frustrating to me, and it you know it highlighted I think a lot of the action throughout the novel was uh, was perpetrated by her uh, or by her indecision um, to do things. Right. Yeah. And like her, her complacency. And if you consider she's what, 18 years old, I think at the time, I mean, again, think back to 18, like would I, you know, have the foresight to consider this stuff? And she, she sort of acknowledges some of that um, at at various places um, as she's narrating the book, but you know, yeah, maybe not. Maybe I wouldn't have seen the value in, in, you know, setting the record straight. Uh, But man, I, I thought it was it was really interesting how the the community just sort of you know took over the narrative for her and and you know she never tried to take that back or or never even really seemed to care to um and again I think that that just goes back to her you know character uh you know not using names to you know to to avoid her family um which you know, makes me think of another thing like if she was spending time at maybe boyfriend's house and her mom was so religious, like what'd she tell her mom when she wasn't home? Like, you know, several nights a week, like sleeping over at, at his house, like, uh, Bible study. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that is always the excuse that, uh, that passes. Um, this is a confession. Spending a lot of time in confession. Oh Lord. Uh, what did you think about, um, like the chef and, and maybe boyfriend, uh, relationship that was uncovered yeah the you know kind of gay overtones yeah um yeah i don't know it was uh that was kind of a weird approach with just the way that she went about just sort of like deciding that right yeah. or, or or sort of associating that with those things i i know we kind of talked about it a little bit beforehand that it's you know oh the idea of enjoying sunsets or the idea of you know, cooking or being good at that, that aren't traditionally, you know, hardline masculine traits that all of a sudden that association becomes like, you know, feminine or. Yeah. I mean, again, like a a product of, you know, time and place, I guess. And, you know, even, even that culture, I don't, I don't really know. um, I don't know how, how, you know, the Irish culture sees traits of like masculinity and, and all of that. But I can imagine that, you know, especially during this time that they're pretty, especially the blue collar, you know, sort oh, of lifestyle. Yeah. Like, I mean that, and that's what it's shaded on too, is yeah. we're seeing like lower middle class views on that. And, yeah. and that doesn't surprise me. I mean, like even within, 
I mean, like even within, I'm trying to think back to like my own, you know, experiences in childhood and stuff. Cause we were not that we were not that I grew up like lower class or anything like that. I was in, I was solidly like lower middle, lower end sure. of middle. And so like, I can definitely see kind of that less or that more sort of restrictive worldview on like what you were allowed to do and what you were allowed to think and, and what you were allowed, it, you know, it's very, it, it can be very backwards cause you see yeah. kind of in more of an affluent group that you have this sort of understanding of all of these sort of avenues of interests and, and all these strengths and, and things that you can sort of pursue. And, and you don't really get that when your, your concern is, you know, how am I getting food on the table or how am yeah. I doing this? Or, you know, how am I going to provide in here? You're, it's very much, you know, limited. And, and I think that that bleeds over into your ideas of what, I don't know, of what, inherently it means to be you know this or that yeah i i I didn't appreciate i guess the the fact that that character was dismissed so easily and i mean just for for the plot i mean he had to be right um for her to be able to get in the van with milkman and and you know sort of fulfill that that prophecy as it were um but yeah, I just I just got kind of it caught me off guard and like, you know, obviously, you know, the the implication was there with Chef throughout, you know, the his sort of assessment as a character, um but then to 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 rope maybe boyfriend into that just felt weird to me. Yeah. Like it just it, it just didn't sit well. But you know, the one thing that you said just made me think of of something else that we haven't talked about yet is is that you know, you have the uh Oh, what were the what were the feminist women called? Uh, the little group. Um, it started with an I. Yep, I, I. That's all I can remember right now, too. Oh my goodness. Um, so you had this this group of women um, who you know were were very very much feminist and and uh, shunned as as uh, shunned by the community uh, for you know their thoughts and and their actions and and all of that. Um, but really this, this whole book, um, I, th- I think, you know, you, you, like I mentioned earlier, you, you know, you get the, uh, the curfew breaking, um, yeah. the women going out and, um, uh, you know, sort of their expectations setting within the community at large. And even they're, they're the ones that perpetrate the gossip, mm-hmm. you know, that, that goes on. I mean, you saw it with, I forget if it was first sister, second sister, third sister, whoever she's, whoever in law she's running with. Where uh, at the end of the book, um, the, one of the women joke that um, that he's been beating on on women, and he just like he snaps at them and like who's you know saying yeah. saying this this shit about me basically, and uh, so women sort of control the the narrative in the community. It seems despite um, you know the paramilitary activity and and all of that kind of stuff. And there, there is a huge undercurrent um, and sometimes overtones of, of feminism in this book. Oh, that, absolutely. You know, I think which, there's a lot of, absolutely, I think there's a lot of kind of feminist, uh, I don't know if critique is the right word, but just sort of that hidden element that's that's sort of present in here that you don't really think about. Mm-hmm. And like after the fact now, I guess when you sort of relate it to where we are societally now and, yeah. and how those sort of... Uh, Narratives have changed, yeah, or, or at least dynamics amongst folks have changed. And like looking back in kind of a context on this, and and just seeing where it's like, yeah, it's there, but it's not necessarily, um, it's not necessarily like encouraged, 
Right. And, but the, the thing of it that I, I found sort of ironic and humorous is that, you know, you had the, did, did you think of the group, the group, what they were called? Those women? I could not remember. I can't, I can't think of it either. I know. I, that's all I can remember too. That's the problem with the naming protocol when everybody is just sort of a generic name. Agree completely. It's, it's so hard for me to go like, oh yeah, this person, this so-and-so other than, you know, your core title characters. But yes, yeah. when, in regards to her family or in regards to just the groups outside, it's so hard to keep everything straight. Yeah. So the, the, the ironic thing about them to me was that, you know, they're the ones meeting and, you know, trying to sort of, uh, you know, have conversations around these ideas and whatever, when already in their community, um, the things that they're talking about are already, you know, well in practice. And, you know, again, the, the women in a lot of ways, you know, set the issue women issues women. Thank you. Yeah. I found, Um, I think I found a part. Hold on. That's why I was just like flipping through as, as I'm talking, trying to find where it is. Uh, then breaking curfew. Okay. The normal women have been expecting indeed dreading that the issue women once started would take the exposure opportunity to harp on in a broad encyclopedic fashion about injustice towards and trespasses against women, not just in the present day, but all through the ages. Using terminology such as terminology, case study show, <laughs> incorporates the systemic, transhistoric, institutionalized, and legalized antipathy of, and so on, that completely these days these women appeared to be steeped in. Yeah. Uh, there would be injustices, be the injustices too, thought the traditional women, those big ones, the famous ones, the international ones, witch burnings, foot bindings, sooty, honor killings, female circumcision, rape, child marriages, retributions by stoning, female infanticide gynecological practices, maternity mortal- mar- maternal mortality, domestic servitude, treatment as chattels. Did I mention earlier that there's a lot of lists in this book you did. that you just kind of pop up in the dialogue? And like, I get it, but it was another thing too. It's just like, it felt so long-winded a little bit. Yeah. Uh, as breeding stock, as possessions, girls going missing, girls being sold, and all those other worldwide cultural, tribal, and religious socializations and scandalizations. Also, I mean, like, I, I have to stop because yeah, it just keeps here's going. another point yeah. to the, the yet another point is you would think at that point it'd be like, whew, take a breath. No, it yeah. continues yeah. for a whole other, you know, page and a half. Yeah, it's 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 frustrating. Issue um, women. Yeah, issue women. Um, that's a perfect illustration of the problem with the naming convention. I appreciate that. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to cover before we get into our our where we're gonna throw this on the bookshelf? No, I feel bad again though. Like, I feel bad. <laughs> I, no, I mean I, I do because I again I don't think that this isn't a book that I look at and I go oh, I didn't like and I'll dismiss it because I think it's crap or I think you know it has sure, sure. poor writing or a terrible story or any of this bad characterization. I think there's a lot of good in there and I think that the actual like talent and skill of writing is is very apparent, but. I think that the stylistic choices bogged it down so much that I just cannot enjoy it, and I can't, I can't separate the two. Yeah, I can't, I, I, I can't pull that out, and so I feel bad because this undoubtedly is going to end up lower than I think it probably should on my list. But yeah. as an individual, as a as a reader, it didn't connect with me, and it didn't, it, it did the opposite. It put yeah. up so many things in the way that it's like even a determined per- I can't imagine just picking this up and not having to like talk about it or not having like this sort of outlet. If I just yep. picked this book up and were to try to get into it as a casual reader, just knowing myself, there it, it, there's no chance. There there would have been no chance that I got through it at sure. all. And so it just it feels bad to know that um 
there is that disconnect there, I guess, a little bit in terms of like what I'm looking for and I guess what some things can be highly acclaimed. And, and like I said, I'll chalk that up to just different reading styles, different things that people are looking for yep. and different things that they, that they value. And I know that I don't value, um, technique, um, flexing i guess yeah, yeah flexing you know flexing your technique you know showing your michael <laughs> thomas is out there uh, i gotta i gotta football i gotta reference. i gotta slide some football reference in here too um but you know just going out there and 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 showcasing a lot of this stuff for the sake of having some sort of tangible creative element that that i guess separates you from something else that would have a similarly you know paste and 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 setting and, and, and character-driven story. So yeah, didn't work for me. All right. So we'll, we can kick it off with ratings. I mean, surprise, well, surprise. I mean, you've, you've I don't pretty much hit it. Where are you sticking it? Yeah, you've I, already said your piece. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be on my bookshelf. I'm going to have to donate it. And that's because of the criteria that I think I've set forth about the things that make my shelf, right? I, yeah. I, I like stories. I like character-driven Things and uh, things, character-driven things. Uh, <laughs> a lot of it has to do with you know the people that I'm I'm going out of my way to recommend it to, and and my personal desire to go back and reread. I don't want to reread this book. Um, it doesn't really have any attachment to me at all. I can't think of anybody immediately in my life that I'm going to be recommending it to. So yeah, I can't put it on my shelf. It's going to be a donate for me. Okay. Um, you know I I, I think that I had you know, similar, similar feelings about this, this book through and through, you know, I think that it is a well-crafted piece of, of literature. And I, and I do think it rises to, to that level of, of craft. Um, but I feel like the book lacks any sort of intimacy with the reader on the same level that ironically middle sister seems to lack with her, you know, city, her family, all the characters, you know, in, in her Maybe community. Maybe that's the point. Maybe we missed the entire point. Uh, but, well, but, uh. and, and okay, if, if, if it's really meant to be that clever, you know, kudos, but also ridiculous because you're, you're trying, you know, at, at the end of the day to, to write something that people are going to enjoy and find yeah, value in. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think that there are, there are books that you can walk away from at times and, you know, you, you learn something from the the narrative itself. Um, I didn't walk away from this, you know, having felt like I learned something uh, about anything. Um, yeah. And, you know, and not that a book always has to be, you know, telling a, 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 a purpose. You know, it's not a parable, but, you know you want to be left with uh, a sense of, you know, uh, letting it burn and, and think about, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I think this is, this is going to be a forgettable book to me. I'm going to put it on, on the bottom shelf because I, I think that this is a book that, uh, if somebody asked me like, you know, what is a, what is a book with a weird narrative style? Um, you know, that you've encountered, I'd like to at least have it on hand so that I could, you know, toss it somebody's direction and say, here's, here's something that was a bit adventurous that somebody tried that I think worked well in, in small doses, but not in, in, you know, the overall, you know, large, large dose that that you receive it in, uh, have a look, good luck, uh, go along your merry way. Yeah. So 
yeah, this, this one was rough. Um, you know, and, and we didn't really pick the book. You know, we picked that we were going to pick the the man booker uh, winner. Um, sure. And there were there were some other ones on there that that sounded that sounded interesting. And I'm, I'm glad I got a little bit of exposure to uh, the whole concept of the troubles because, uh, you know, it's just a part of history that, you know, I don't have a lot of background in. So same. Um, and I think she does a good job of peppering in sort of the the everyday like details of being in a situation like that without going and offering like the larger exposition of the political times, yeah. which, which I think is 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 pretty smart. But she doesn't do it in, in enough manner that I really walked away with an impression that I knew what life was like in, you know, that that time in that era under those circumstances, um, you know, so uh, it's it's flawed. It, it's definitely flawed, uh, but not the worst thing I've ever read. No, absolutely. And, you know, this was uh, I mean, this was the one book, I think, that we we haven't had any background or any like previous, you know, we went out to try to gather some information about right. it was kind of just an opportunity arose to say, hey, timing wise on one of our books, we could we could try to get the the man booker in here yep. and, and, you know, something more contemporary, something that's, you know, recently kind of has a little buzz about it. Maybe take a look at it, see what we think about it. It was all right. I mean, yeah. this is it's it's one of those instances that it didn't necessarily meet. Uh, not that we had, you know, super high expectations. I had no expectations. I had no idea. You know, yeah. it was one of those things. that's like, yeah, we're just going to we're going to do this. And, um, you know, it it is what it is. I think we've covered it enough at this point to to sort of get beyond what uh, what at least what my hang ups are with it, what your hang ups are with it and what potentially someone what a reader would look like who would enjoy something like this i definitely think it, it would be someone that's a more literary in yes. their in their approach and there's nothing wrong with that 100 percent. all right let's let's move on i'm ready to move on um we've got our christmas episode coming up so next. excited about our christmas episode and it's going to be a lighter episode like obviously the last you know we've had we've had a, a few to a few to chew over lately with yeah. this book and with steppenwolf before um, so it's going to be a super light episode. I've actually never read, uh, any Dickens, honestly, I've never read any Dickens, uh, let yeah. alone a Christmas Carol. You know, I've seen a Muppet Christmas Carol. I've seen various plays <laughs> of it, but again, never read the source material. So I think it would behoove us to do that, okay. you know, in the, in the glory of the season and just give us a nice little opportunity to kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, Christmas time amongst everything else, something about, just the elements and, and whether or not you're, you know, you're devout and you practice, you know, or, 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 you know, believe in the ideas or, or, yeah or, or Christian or, or believe strongly, I guess, in sort of the religious backgrounds behind, you know, a lot of the elements of Christmas. I think just the, the family aspects of it, the traditions aspects of it, the kind of like cultural impact that it has, that Christmas is just a unique time and a unique and interesting thing in and of itself. And yeah. I think that, you know, it's not necessarily a modern story, but just a story that kind of encompasses a lot of those elements and even a lot of the kind of like self-reflective elements that you think about when you think of, you know, Christmas and you, you start thinking about Christmas's past or you think about past relationships with, you know, friends or family or things like that. So it'll be a fun episode to dive a little bit into that. That yes. one will be a little bit more so, I think, a little bit off 
from necessarily the hard details of the book. We'll get in there a little bit. I, I actually I wanted to propose that we do something completely off off the, the wall because I mean, first of all, it's we, short. We, know, we know the narrative. We know it's we know it's short. We know sure. like, uh, you know, some some things about, you know, how, how this all goes down. But um, I, I want to make Christmas lists of like not like stuff we want um oh but, all right, yeah I'm like, out. no i want to make like lists of like christmas things that that we that we like the most and like the least so i'm i'm gonna send you a list of of things that i've thought of you can send me uh yours and we'll combine them into one master list but like immediately like favorite song least favorite song oh god this is i this because I, I, I feel episode. very i we feel very rec- passionate about songs that i love for christmas and there are some that i just i oh, hate this is already my favorite episode we haven't right. even recorded it yet i so. want to i want to talk about like favorite christmas movies like traditions <sighs> like just anything that we love or hate it's basically like a love hate list um with the background of reading a Christmas Carol, and and yeah, a little, bit of, we're gonna a little read... bit of a fluff episode, but you know what? Part of that is because we do have a, a little bit longer of a read coming afterwards yes. in our in our last book of the year that I'm like super excited about as well. I know that um, you had gotten this recommendation from your wife, and yep. when I went out to actually order this book on Amazon, yeah, I, I like to look around. I like to get a little bit of a taste because you were kind of just like she recommended this. I don't really know much about it, and. You know, it, it, we're gonna we're gonna dive into it. We're gonna take a look at it. So you know, yeah. I went out and, and read a little bit about it. I'm super excited about this book. Not Good. to look past our next episode. Our next episode will be fun. But as far as like actually getting into the depth of a narrative, I'm super excited about it. Uh, a gentleman in Moscow. So tell us a yes. little bit about it. Our our end of the year episode. Yeah, I I actually. We're just gonna read a gentleman in Moscow, <laughs> and you're, we're told you're just saving. Yeah. You're 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 not wanting to get too deep into it, I guess. Before not to spoil your experience or have any. I'm the worst about this, by the way. Yeah. I will go out and like look up stuff about books and all this stuff, and just completely set expectations before I actually well, get into. You the book told me more bad. about this book than I know. So what what is what is the back cover summary of this? Essentially, book? Uh, I I believe it's it's sort of the time period when, uh, you know, you kind of had the Bolshevik revolution in, in, uh, in Russia. And so you have this, uh, sort of Russian nobleman that's been kind of stripped of everything and put on house arrest in this, uh, hotel, I guess, in the, in kind of the Russian common area near the, the capital and kind of just surveying his exploits in this time. And I just, I mean, the premise of that's pretty interesting in and of itself and, you know, kind of steeped in a legitimate, historical sort of significance. So I think that that's, that's always a fun combination that piques my interest there too. It's 462 pages and no pictures. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. So a little bit, this is going to be, I think this is our, this will be our, 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 uh, longest read by, you know, yeah. Number of pages. So it's good. We'll have a nice little light Christmas episode and then we'll get into a, yeah, this, this will drop on, on new year's Eve. So if you're uh, not doing anything on new year's Eve, you can, uh, you can listen. To I'll force everybody at my new year's Eve party. Excellent. To listen just instead of just uh, turn it on in the background. Yeah. Just, just like, Oh wow. Is this the, is this the, you know, new year's Eve rocking new year's? No, 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 no. This I is would, a gentleman in Moscow. That would be pretty funny actually. Uh, and then as, as we get into 2019, uh, you know, we'll have a new set of books. We haven't decided, uh, on any, any 
books yet, right? No, I think, you know, it was nice to kind of have a little bit of a roadmap to end the year for us. You know, we had a month, uh, well, a couple months out planned in advance. But yeah. I do like going back to maybe only being like a book or two ahead to I give agree. us that kind of flexibility. Because I know that I kind of, I kind of fluctuate on what I'm what I'm interested in reading next and and I think that it's good to leave ourselves open to if we get any nice suggestions on the pike so nothing nothing to be announced yet for 2019 but uh I'll probably have something for our first episode of the year next next time I like it I like it all right well um that is our episode over milkman uh thank you for listening um next episode we're going to be doing Christmas Carol and general just Christmas banter and then after that we're doing a gentleman in Moscow Uh, Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Mm